Welcome to the Florida Divorce Podcast, your source for the information you need to successfully get through your divorce and into the next exciting chapter of life. Now, here's your host, Attorney Scott Kalish. Hi, my name is Scott Kalish, and I'm a divorce and family law attorney here in South Florida. Today, I want to talk to you about the issue of alimony and specifically the scenario or the situation where one spouse is either unemployed or underemployed, right? And uh, this is a situation that we come across from time to time. It's actually pretty common where typically it unfolds like this where the spouse that's being requested to pay alimony, right? The paying spouse comes to us and says, hey, my wife or my husband, the, uh, the would-be receiving spouse, they can go and work, right? And if they worked, I wouldn't have to pay alimony or they're in a position where they're not making what they actually could make if they took the job that they're, you know, trained in, right? They're underemployed. And again, underemployed is, hey, you know, they're in a position where they could be making more money, they're licensed to do a certain job, or maybe they have the skills to do a certain job. Maybe historically they worked a certain job and they're voluntarily in a a job that's a low paying job and they're not making what they could, you know, make, right? And the way that we handle this, the way we combat this is we argue to the judge that the court should impute income to the other person. And what I mean by imputing income is I mean that the court can, under certain scenarios, and you know, there are certain requirements legally, you know, a court can essentially treat that person as if they were making, you know, more money than they actually are, right? So this it's you know again it's called imputing income to them and there's some requirements that we have to show we have to prove before the court legally you know can do it under florida law right so let me go through the requirements of what we have to show and then I'll talk to you a little bit about how we actually do it right you know sort of like the nuts and bolts of of how we put it together so you know the first thing we have to prove is that they're voluntarily in this position they're 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 either voluntarily unemployed or voluntarily underemployed and what i mean by that is hey this is their choice. Nothing's holding them back, right? And a classic example of someone being legitimately unemployed or underemployed, right? So when they're involuntarily underemployed or involuntarily unemployed um, is when, hey, maybe they have an illness, a legitimate illness or a legitimate physical disability where they're just not able to go out and work or maybe not able to hold the same position that they once had. You know, I'm dealing with this right now in a case and my client's position is that it's it's not legitimate. The person's claims about being underemployed is, is just not legitimate. You know, the decrease in income is voluntary, not involuntary, right? So this is something that I'm grappling with right now, but that's the first requirement. The second requirement is you have to be able to show, right? And, and this is an important aspect of this, just to back up for a second. If you're the spouse that's asking the court to impute income to the other spouse, this is your burden of proof. You have to show, you have to demonstrate with evidence that the court can legally impute income, right? So you have to meet these requirements with evidence. It's not the other spouse's burden of proof where they have to come in and defend this once you raise the issue. No, you have to come in with evidence showing that you have met the requirements from a legal standpoint to where the court has the power, the authority to impute income. So that's a very important aspect of this because you have to go on the offensive here. It's not about playing defense in this scenario. If you want to impute income, you have to prove it. So the second thing that you have to show is that the unemployment or underemployment is the result of 
the other person pursuing his or her own interests, right? And basically showing that they're engaging in less than diligent efforts to find employment, right? So um, this, I mean, you know, this is best illustrated by thinking of the classic scenario, right? The one spouse prefers to have, you know, lunch on weekdays, you know, go out to lunch on weekdays, get their car washed, you know, their hair cut, their nails done, shopping, things like that, rather than going out and actually finding a job by using diligent efforts, which is putting applications in, interviewing, researching job opportunities, networking, those types of things. If you're able to show that your spouse is using less than diligent efforts, right? Um, again, going to the gym, those types of things, instead of you know legitimately going out and find a job, then you'll be able to meet the second uh, requirement. And the next sort of part of this is is to show, all right, what can they realistically make? And what you'll have to show the judge is you'll have to show their employment potential. You're going to have to show probable earnings based on work history. You know, you have to show their qualifications. You have to show what people are making in these positions, right? What are the prevailing wages in the community? Again, this is your burden of proof. If you're the one that is asking the court to impute income to the other spouse, then you have to, you know, come to court with evidence of those requirements. You know, you have to show that the judge has the authority, has the ability in your case to do what you're asking him or her to do. Now, how we actually do this, right? The nuts and bolts. I mean, typically we we hire an expert. We hire a vocational expert to come in and do an evaluation of your spouse, right? Hear what their skills are, what their, you know, if they have licenses, you know, if they have, you know, specific industry knowledge, what their qualifications are, what their work history is like. And then the expert also examines what the, you know, job prospects are in the community, right? What opportunities are there and what are similar people making in those job opportunities? And that's typically how we tackle this issue and how we demonstrate to the judge that, hey, judge, you have the authority under Florida law to impute income to uh, the other spouse. And sometimes that does it, right? And that works. And and the judge finds, hey, this person, you know, can go out and and support themselves. So alimony is not going to be a factor. Or this person maybe is underemployed and they have the ability to make, let's say, 50% more a month. And therefore, you know, alimony should be a lesser number than what the person is requesting. So it's imputing income is something that, that we can do. It's not the easiest thing to do, again, because you have to have an expert. And Obviously, the issue has uh, you know two sides, right? So you can hire an expert and you can you know argue this, and I'm sure the other spouse, right, if they're going to contest it, right, as part of their defense, is they're going to hire their own expert. They're going to say, hey, there aren't these opportunities out there, or if there are, the amount of money that these people are making is uh, not the same as, as as what the other expert is saying, right? So there's going to be differing of opinions at times. So it's not so straightforward, not so clear cut. But again, if you do want to go down the imputation of income route. An expert is highly, highly, highly recommended. So that's essentially how we tackle that issue, right? The issue of when one spouse is being, you know, unemployed or or underemployed. I want to mention that, you know, the role can be reversed, right? The person that's requesting alimony, if they believe that, hey, you know, their would-be paying spouse, you know, can make a lot more money or now is just being, you know, unemployed because they want to avoid paying alimony, this exact same analysis, the exact same tactic tool, right, of imputing income can be used the other way around. So, but typically it's used, I would say, based on my experience, it's used as a defense to alimony rather than as an offensive tactic. But again, it can be used equally, you know, on either side. If you like this podcast though, please give it a five-star review. I really appreciate you guys listening. 
I'm hoping that you guys are getting value from this. I want to let you know that I'm starting something new with the firm. I'm creating a family law and divorce um, Facebook group. So if you are enjoying this podcast and and you're interested in connecting via Facebook and and you have questions and, and you'd like to have the questions answered, please join the Facebook group. I think you guys can get a lot of value from that. We're just starting out now. I'll, I'll put a link in the, um, the show notes, right? So um, visit the show notes if you're interested in that Facebook group. If you guys have a question for me, also, if you want to you know, discuss things more anonymously, not in front of um, others, feel free to shoot me over an email. My email is scott at kjlawfla.com. Again, scott at kjlawfla.com. If you have a question or if you'd like to discuss possible representation, shoot me over an email. I'm always open to uh, discussing you know, your questions or potential new cases. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Florida Divorce Podcast. To learn the 10 secrets behind every successful divorce, visit floridadivorcepodcast.com. If you'd like Scott's help in your divorce case, go to kjlawfla.com.